Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. I hold quite a few live Q&A sessions and it's always really interesting hearing the varied questions I'm asked and as usual I'm always really happy to share my experiences and knowledge. Following is one of those live Q&A sessions. Um, Enjoy. Hello everybody, hopefully you can, uh, hopefully you can hear me okay. Um, There's a chat function in here as well which I'm just going to enable hopefully. Uh, yep, so you can pop something in the chat if you want to say hello. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be a really, really super hour that we've got here. Do do pop who you are and, and where you're from in the chat. I'd love to. Oh, we've got Lisa there from Nova, Nova Scotia. Hi, Lisa. Lovely to see you here. Um, yeah, we've got a great hour ahead of us. Um, I'm going to do a little short presentation, Um, just want to talk you through my three steps basically, three really great tips for helping you develop your art and really go for it in 2023. Um, It's not about setting resolutions or anything like that, but I just want to kind of um, give you some really, really great information that is going to help you. And then we're going to have a QA and a after that as well. So I'm just going to go through the chat here. Um, Welcome, everybody. If you've never been on one of my sessions before, um, welcome. Nice to see. Well, I can't see you, but you can see me. Um, You are in for a treat. Um, It's all very laid back. Um, I'm going to give you as much information as you want. You can ask any question you like around where well, you can ask any question you like, but <laughs> it would be it will probably be useful for you if it's around colour pencil creativity, that kind of thing. Um, we've got Lisa here. We've got Steph from Milton Keynes and Bev from oh Snowy Gloucester. We haven't got any snow here. We've had a bit of frost. Uh, Catherine from North Carolina and Karen, Karen in Aberdeenshire, Jill in Cumbria. So just up the, up the road from me. Um, Hilda in Argyle, Siobhan from Cork in Ireland, Kathy from Pennsylvania and Debbie in the UK and Adriana in Romania, Joan in, yes, it is gloomy in North Yorkshire, isn't it, Joan? It really is. Um, Camilla and Karen and Shannon and Nikki and Paula and Marie and Chris and Cindy and Lisa and Jane and Robert and Charlie, I'm not going to go through all of them because there's hundreds of them on there. Um, thank you all so much for joining me. Um, this is recorded. It is being recorded. So if you have to drop out, don't worry, you're going to get a link sent back to you um, via email tomorrow. Um, oh, we've got somebody with a hand up there. Who's that? 
Um, I've got uh, Asus with a hand up. Um, if you've got a question, do pop something in the um, uh, pop it in the chat. If you've got a question, there is a Q and A section down at the bottom. Pop your question into the Q and A box, and I will pick that up once I finish my little um, presentation -y thing, which I'm going to share my screen in a second. So um, yeah, thank you for joining me. Welcome. Uh, we've got an hour ahead of us. I'm going to go through a few things, three tips basically to help you make your 2023 the best year yet. Um, anybody with a hand up, please just pop whatever it is that you need to say in, in the chat or um, you can add your question into the Q&A box. Um, so um, yeah, lovely to see you all. Um, so I'm going to come to the questions at the end. What I'm going to do now is I'm just going to share my screen. I'm going to do a very quick presentation with the things that I want to share with you. So I'm just going to share my screen very quickly. Okay, so into here. So we've got my presentation here. And um, basically, what we're going to be talking about today is taking your colour pencil dreams from resolution to reality and kickstarting an artistic journey that will last for years to come. Talking about colour pencil because that's my media. Um, if you, you know, if you don't use colour pencil and you, you use something else, then this is also going to be incredibly useful for you because it's just all about creativity, setting goals and all of that kind of thing. So my top three tips that I want to talk to you about today are goal setting, time and commitment and mindset. I put time and commitment as kind of one tip because they're both sort of inter intertwined, if you like. Goal setting. What I don't want to happen is that you set yourself such rigid goals that you become really anxious if things don't work out. They've got to be fluid. You know, if you set a goal, you can kind of be really uh, flexible with it. You can uh, go down a different avenue if the opportunity arises or you can completely change your mind if if something happens as well. The thing with setting goals is that you actually um, have something in the back of your head that you can then your subconscious then works on while you're asleep, while you're doing other things. Um, you've heard me talk about reticular activating system before the RAS which is part of our brain that filters out things that aren't important to us. So whatever we feed into our head, whatever we think about, whatever we talk about, our reticular activating system will filter out what we don't need. And that's why it's so, so, so important to make sure that what we're putting into our minds, into our brains, into our, um, uh, you know, feeding into our mindset is what we want to happen. And the problem is that this is where negativity comes in this is where when we talk about oh I can't do that where we go oh gosh I'd really love to do this but it's not possible I can't do it oh I'm rubbish and our critical self-voice comes into play and our reticular activating system picks up on that as well it doesn't doesn't see one as being good and one as seeing one as bad it sees it as just information that we need and it will feed out the stuff that we don't want and that's why it's really important to make sure that what we are listening to surrounding ourselves with is positivity and what it is actually that we want to do so uh we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about time and commitment if you want to develop your work, if you want, whether it's a hobby, whether you want to take your art further into 2023 and make a, make more of a business with it, time and commitment is crucial. 
Um, you know, we all know by setting time aside and being committed to do what we want to do, um, that's that's when we're going to be able to see changes. That's where we're going to be able to develop our work. So it's really, really important to make a commitment for 2023 that you are actually going to do this or do you know what actually it's not that important and I've got something else that's more important and that's okay but make a decision and make a commitment and then of course the mindset is so 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 important um you know it, it's it's part of all three of those tips really mindset is so important for anything if you can get your mindset cracked and you can get into that really lovely space of most of the time being positive I'm not saying all of the time because it's not it's not possible to all of the all of the time be positive but looking at that critical inner voice looking at what you're saying to yourself look at your words that you're saying to other people look at the words that you're writing down and you know what even I see myself as being quite a positive person even someone like me who who can be ridiculously positive at times I I'll have a coaching session and, and and I'm asked a question and I'll reply to that question and I'll say, Bonnie, why are you using those words? And I, we use words completely unconsciously. And they're just words that kind of, I guess we're used to using. Um, I was talking about being more organized, um, which I have worked on, but I was talking about my need. I need to be more organized. Um, when I use that word need, there's a real negative connotation around it. It means that mm, I'm not actually doing it and I need to do it because, you know, I should be doing it. And if I should be doing it, then, you know, perhaps I'm not doing it. And that's really bad. And we've got to be really, really careful about the language that we use and the vocabulary that we use in our heads and outside when we're talking to other people. I'm going to talk about that as well. Um, lost my, uh, my mouse there. Um, okay, so we're coming on to, I'm just checking this chat that we haven't got anything. Um, yes, so the secret of making progress is to get started. We all know that. And we all also know that it can be incredibly hard to get started. Procrastination is one of the biggest things that stops us from doing anything. Um, you know, and usually it's fear. It usually stop. The, the reason why we're not doing something is based on fear, uh, fear of failure, fear of, fear of success, uh, fear of change. Um, fear of you know upsetting people because you're you're spending time doing something that you want to do and, and people want you to do stuff that they want to do there's an awful lot of reasons why we're not going to get started but it's so worth it it is so worth starting just starting so on the left here is my first portrait from 2016 and on the right is a portrait that was done I think about two months afterwards. Now the difference is significant. I mean, it really is significant. This one is, there's nothing wrong with it. It's great. I was incredibly proud of it. Um, you know, I put it on my Facebook, there were conversations around it off the back of this one. I got people asking for commissions. And I had one person saying, oh, you should bring a little bit of more uh, bone structure in there. 
Um, and at first I was a bit prickly and didn't want to. And then I thought, actually, do you know what? I, I, I understand what they're saying and I'm going to do something about it. So this is where I put my plan of action into place. Goal setting doesn't have to be this big thing. It doesn't have to be, oh, I want to take my business to, you know, whatever. And I want to sell this many commissions. Goal setting can be and should be about your drawing development. And coming into a new year, it's a really, really good time to kind of set those goals in motion. Um, so that's what I did with this piece here. I decided I wanted to create things that were more realistic. I wanted to bring a little bit more of the, uh, the structure into my pieces. And this is when I drew this piece. And I was incredibly proud of this. All my pieces in the early days were totally free-handed. I started with the eye and I worked out. So a lot of my pieces kind of end up, ended up going off the paper because I, I wasn't very good at sort of judging sizing and everything like that um but I put a plan of a, a plan of action into place and that plan of action was then part of what I was thinking subconsciously and every time I put pencil to paper that was that was basically what was getting me through I was thinking right what do I need to do here how do I need to develop what do I want my work to look like I also put the work in um I drew every single day now I've done a podcast recently about time. Uh, we all have exactly the same amount of time every single day. We all have 24 hours. The majority of us wish we probably had double that amount of time, but we don't. We have 24 hours and it is completely up to you as to what you do with those 24 hours. Personally, I stopped ironing. I'm not saying you have to stop ironing. <laughs> but I stopped ironing that was four hours on a Sunday afternoon that I got back that I clawed back um there were other things that were not a priority yeah I probably should have been doing them I probably should have been hoovering every single day but you know what I didn't have to um and I made time for my art because my art and my drawing was so important to me and very early on I realized just how important it was because it gave me that period of time that gave me complete clarity totally switched my brain off allowed me just to disappear into my own world and not have to worry about family life about work about you know um I was going through um, marital problems at the time I could just completely disappear obviously I was there in person but my head was somewhere completely different so I I gave myself time I I prioritized my creativity and at this point I didn't have a business it was purely a hobby but I realized how important it was for me to do that the other thing that I did as well was I was incredibly proud of every single piece I did and that hasn't changed um I've been drawing now for nearly uh, seven years um, I've been a full-time artist for nearly six years. First of January, uh, 2023 will be my six-year mark. And every single piece of work I have done, I have been proud of. There have been times where it's been really challenging, where, you know, the picture might not have been great, or I might have made a mistake or something like that. But there has not been one picture ever where I have screwed it up and got really cross. I've never lost my patience with the, with the drawing. I see it as my sacred space, if you like, and I see it as everything that goes into one of my pieces of work is 
so so important and it's me that the whole of me goes into one of my pieces of work and I need to be proud of me and that's why I'm I'm incredibly proud of every single piece of of work that I do these are uh, you know a few more tips but the the main ones are those goal settings um the time and the mindset being proud is really going to help your mindset become more positive it's going to really really help stop that critical inner voice which is there to spoil everything and it does spoil everything and it stops people creating and it and it kind of um it makes people read into things what isn't there and it's in a way it's there to kind of help you but it's there to help you stay in a place where you are now which it sees as being relatively safe and actually you know when you make changes it's usually for the better um the other thing as well that i got with this particular with the with the uh, the pieces here no comparing I, i've i have compared my my pieces to others in the past and it hasn't been useful um between these two pieces here which is about sort of two months there was no comparison with any other pieces i don't think i even followed anybody else to be honest that early on in my drawing um i was just really happy drawing and doing what i was doing um okay so and then we've got this bit this one here this was from 2016 and this one is 2022 so we've got was well, six years here six years yeah six years um the, they're both good you know they're both really really good this one you can see is far more honed um I've got color in this one um you know I've really really learned my craft in those six years I've given it time and I've talked about time something that we've all got and how we have to prioritize and it's about prioritizing what's important to us my art has been so important to me not only for my well-being and my mental health but also because it's allowed me to make a living and to to make some huge changes in how I live my life and it's all down to my art you know that's what has has given me um my life back basically and it's allowed me so I'm a single mum um it's allowed me to make changes to my house I've had an extension made I've I've had a studio put down in the garden um I haven't got my car yet but that's coming <laughs> um but my art has done that and the reason that my art has done that is because I have prioritized it prioritized what I see as being really important to me and I've put the time in now commitment is really 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 important particularly if you do want to take your art to the next level and you do want to perhaps make a living from it it well even if you it's not just a hobby I see my art as being a hobby even now it's it's my it's my space to go where I I love it I draw every single day and I and I love it whether it's drawing a tutorial a commission or if it's a piece just for me it's all the same I absolutely love it um I am committed I am a very committed person to be honest if I say I'm going to do something then I will do it and that has really helped me on my journey um, to success in my business and also to take in my um, my drawing skills better I've, I've put that commitment in now it's really important that we kind of go back to that um, comparing it's really really important to pace yourself what you'll see is you'll see once you start drawing and you start posting your drawings and you start 
joining groups, you will see that there is so, or there are so many artists who do very similar things to you. And then it's, you start to think, oh my goodness, there's so many people out there, um, you know, and uh, I, I've got to be the same as so-and-so. And oh my goodness, look at them. They're putting two drawings a week out or, um, you know, eight. I mean, when I first started, I was doing eight commissions a month, which was ridiculous. Pacing yourself is so important. Going at your speed and nobody else's. If you go at your speed, you will be able to commit and you will be able to create that consistency rather than going at somebody else's speed and then becoming burnt out. You are far better to start as you mean to go on and be really, really honest with yourself. Okay, so I'm going to create this commission business. Honestly, how many pieces can I get done a month? If it's two, brilliant, it's two, you know? That's like, what, 24 pieces in a year. That's amazing. And yes, you might start off with your pricing quite low, but by the time you've developed your skills, you put all of the work in, you can sell your work for an awful lot more. I started drawing in 2016. A piece like this, this was free, but a piece like this was costing 40 pounds. Okay, which at that time I was like, oh my goodness, that no, who is going to buy my work? Now, a piece like this is going to cost you about £1,500. My, I think I have about 1,500 people on my wait list. That's not to say everybody's going to buy. Um, and I am completely booked out until 2024. Um, I'll be opening my wait list middle of 2023 to book in for 2024 and what I tend to do is I'll send an email out and I book a whole year in one go for me that has been a really great strategy because it means I can really plan my year then I can I can really you know and then my goals kind of fit within that and my whole strategy fits within that so even if you're thinking now oh my goodness my my um you know my pricing is really low that's okay you know, it doesn't matter if you're low. Everybody's got to start somewhere, but it's about, and this isn't about pricing. Um, you know, if there's some questions about pricing, I'm really happy to, to talk about that. But it's about, be, it's about being confident with your pricing. If you're confident with your pricing, then you can start to just increase it steadily. That's all I did. All I did was increase my prices steadily. And I've gone from 40 to 1500 um, with people buying, not 1500 and nobody buying. You know, I've got people buying and a full year in advance booked up. So pace yourself, go at your own speed. Nobody else's. Everybody's got their own speed. Everybody does their own thing. Some people, you know, people think I'm speedy. I don't think I'm particularly speedy. I think I put a lot of hours in. Um, but for me, I do a portrait, a portrait a week. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit longer depending on the subject. Um, the other thing as well is there's always going to be something that will get in the way of your art. And this is where you have to think about, well, what's actually important to me? We have families, we have jobs on, on the side, all of that. When I first started in 2016, I was married, three children, I had horses, I had a full-time job. I was also going overseas uh, to work too. I was really, I've always been really busy, but I was really busy. Um, and what I ended up doing was actually stealing a little bit of sleep time, which is never a good thing. But then I started to realize how important this was for me. And that's when I started to stop doing things like ironing and, and cooking and washing and cleaning, <laughs> teaching my children how to do their own, um, which is a that's a really good um, 
that's a really good thing to do <laughs> teach your children to cook um but you know I, I started dropping things that weren't a priority for me um and and that's that's how I fitted uh, everything in the other thing as well is you know how much do you actually want this how much do you want to take your hobby so that you are you're you're really enjoying your drawing and you're incredibly proud of what you're doing maybe entering exhibitions or getting in the gallery or something um you know how much do you want to make a living from your art because if you really want it you will put the time in and you will find the time if if you if you don't really want it and it's not actually that much of a priority then you know you'll just sort of find little spaces maybe a couple of times a week something like that to fit something in now I'm not being flippant when I say this uh, you know you might be thinking oh, buddy, buddy, what are you talking about I'm so busy and I can't I know what busy is I, I'm I'm a busy person um but I also know how much I want something and I will find the time to do it they always say don't they if you want something do and give it to a busy person because they end up being probably better at prioritizing they end up being uh you know good at organization and stuff like that I'm getting better at organizing um but how much do you want this you know and that's a really important question to ask yourself so let's talk about your mindset quickly how can you be more positive about your creativity? Um, and this is something that is a habit and it's a habit that we need to change. What happens is we tell ourselves we can't, we tell ourselves that we're rubbish. We tell ourselves um, the amount of people, the amount of emails I get and messages I get, oh gosh, I'm just drawing this, um, this dog or the cat or this horse. I, oh, I, can't, I don't know about the colors. I've no idea what colors to pick. Can you help me? Of course I'll help. Actually, if you just sat there and went, I, do you know my colours? I know that, you know, yellow and blue make green. I know that blue and red make purple. I know that um, orange and um, uh, yellow and red make orange. I know the, the, the basics of colour. And I know that if I put blue on an orange dog, I'd probably get a greeny colour. So actually, we, we do know more than what we think we know. And I think it's just sitting down and reminding ourselves about how much we actually do know I think it's really important to work out what's stopping you from creating a lot of the time people will say oh I haven't got I haven't got time to to create or oh I've got a, um, a block um, you know I haven't drawn for months because I've just got this block actually the block is not the creative bit block the block will be something else and that's where it's a really good idea to start doing that self-reflection really looking at what's going on in your life and determining what it is that's stopping you from being creative because ridiculously the creativity bit will help with whatever's blocking it um you know and if you can just get a bit of an inkling about what it actually is and what's really stopping you from creating then you'll be able to kind of put some actions into place um you know i, I get that an awful lot of the time oh i haven't got time to do this I know for a fact when I say to somebody I haven't got time you know somebody says oh um you know would you like to come here or would you like to come to this event thing I'm a member of a networking group we'd like to come to this networking group thing down in London and I'll be sitting there and what I'll say is oh I'm so sorry I haven't got time my diary's absolutely full I could very easily go down to London I I have got the time to do it because I can make the time the actual truth is I don't want to go 
uh, it's I mean that is like the worst thing for me <laughs> I really don't like going to big do's where I don't really know people and getting dressed up and looking all glam it's just not me so I've started being far more truthful when somebody says oh would you could you do this and I'll say actually no I was asked to write another book a couple of months ago by the same publisher or a sister publisher to the one that I had my first book published with and um to be asked to write a book is is a is an amazing thing it's real kudos and I was like oh gosh wow brilliant and then I saw what it was what the book was going to be about and it wasn't my style they were quick drawings they were little sort of mandala things and I thought yeah it's great to be asked to write a book but this is not my style and it's not where I'm headed and it's not really what I want to do if I write that book it's going to take quite a chunk of time up and actually I could do I want to write my own book which I am doing I'm writing my own book so instead of saying oh I haven't got time I was very honest with the publisher and I said look I would get in touch with somebody who is actually a specialist in drawing this style of, of drawing. I said, I'm so uh, honoured that you asked me, but this isn't something that I can do because it doesn't fit with my brand and where I want to go. That way, I was being completely honest with myself. I was keeping my integrity and I was being completely honest to the publisher. So, of course, then they're not kind of, you know, re-asking me. And it's really, really important to be honest with yourself what is it actually that's stopping you from being creative and digging deep and finding out what it is um and are you serious about developing um setting some achievable goals and I, like i said at the beginning this isn't about setting rigid goals this is about a mood board you know i've got my mood board here you know what do you want on my mood board i've got a garden studio i've got a garden i've got eating more healthily on my mood board um this was set um the beginning of 2022 i have my garden studio i have my garden i'm eating far more healthily i've still got my car up there and i haven't got that yet but it will come uh, um all of these different things they're on my mood board they're all there that i can see every single day every time i sit at my desk i can see my mood board my dream board and i can see what's on it um i have clear goals in my head I use a, a, a program called monday.com and I have all of the projects in there. I've got new projects coming up. I put them in, I write about them. I've got them going on in my head and it's just, it really, really helps me to kind of understand and pick up opportunities for all of those different things. Prioritize your creativity, make time for it. Not because you're going to make a business of it or anything like that, but because it's so, so, so good for you. Being creative is so good for your healthy mind um it, you know we talk about busy hands quiet mind it's so true um even if you're just coloring or doing some crafting prioritize your creativity make some time for it and then by doing this you'll also be creating healthier mindset habits always making sure that you are trying to find the positive in, every, in everything that you do so every piece that you draw try and find something that's that's really positive about it um and and that way you are going to see success you are going to see development in your work and that's what's incredibly important so i think this last slide okay so this is from one of my members and she posted this ye yesterday and i asked her if i could borrow this quote because i think this it this sums everything up 
Um, so after three years of unsuccessfully trying to run my commission business, I finally found, she finally found me and took her advice to open my books as a one-off to my whole waiting list. Mailing lists are incredibly important for, an, for any kind of business. If you haven't got a mailing list, start one. Um, and she booked up the whole of 2023 commissions within 24 hours. Uh, you know, one A4 commission every three weeks, not working in holidays, but she's doubled her prices since two years ago. And every one of the bookings has paid their deposit. And she's and this is what makes my heart sing. Finally, she's starting to feel that she's worth it, which is just unbelievably incredible. And this is what and her work is. Oh, my goodness. Fabulous. But this is what it's all about. She decided she was going to go for it. She put her plan in place. She made a waiting list. You know, she created that that mailing list. Um, she told people about it. She's got people on it. She then sent an email out. And within 24 hours, she's got the whole of um, 2023 booked up, you know, 24 portraits, which is fantastic. So she's now got her whole year planned out, which is amazing. If she wants to fit some more in, she can. Um, this is what I'm talking about when I when it when I talk about commitment putting the time in and setting goals, not necessarily for somebody who wants to run a business, but for all of us. And it is so, so, so important, um, you know, if you're wanting to kind of progress and, and, and kind of go down that route. So um, I'm going to finish this presentation now. I'm going to stop sharing. I'm going to come back here so you can see me. Uh, I'm going to have a look at these questions. We've got quite a few of them. Oh, where, are, where is it? Where are these questions gone? Oh, they're here. Oops. There they are. Okay, so I'm going to start up at the top here. So I've got um, I've got Nikki. What do you find are the best colours for blonde hair? I'm struggling struggling to get the tones. Palest blonde, for example. What I would say when it comes to um, pale things, white things, blonde things, our brain sees them as paler than what they are. My suggestion would either to create a little viewfinder in something like Photoshop or to get a white piece of paper and punch a hole out, put it on your reference photo and just look at the colours through there so that you can actually see what the colour is. Um, for blonde hair, I would be using those the lovely creamy colours, so polychromos ivory, um, buff titanium in the luminance range. Pablo's have got some uh, a, a nice uh, cream color as well, for example. But I'd also probably use some uh, some violety tones in there for your shadows. Violets are always going to work well with the yellow, purple and yellow opposites on the on the color wheel. Um, so your violets and those yellowy, creamy colors are always going to work beautifully. But just be careful that you don't just do it all that pale color. You want to get some of those darker elements in there as well. Um, you know, using stronger color but with very light pressure. It's gonna give you a little tiny bit of, of pigment. You can maybe then put a cream over the top or a white over the top, something like that. Um, okay, so we've got a great great question here from uh, Mika. Um, do I think paper matters? Yes. I think the surface you draw on has a huge amount to do with um, what you want to get out of your piece. Um, and I think it's not the well, it's definitely not the same for everybody. When it comes to surfaces, for me, it's a really good idea to use a few, to get to grips with a with a few, try a few out, because that way you're really, really going to 
understand which one works for you. Some of us are naturally light-handed. Some of us are naturally really heavy-handed. Some of us absolutely adore a smooth paper. When I first started drawing, I was doing coloring books. The coloring books that I was using, it was that Millie, oh, I can't remember her name now. She does all of those beautiful coloring books. They tended to have a very smooth paper. So when I started doing my own drawings, I wanted a super smooth paper. And I was buying all of these different pads going, I just want like really, really smooth. Actually, I didn't want smooth at all. And I and I and I uh, discovered pastel mat and that was it. I was like, oh, my. Wow, this is amazing. Pastel mat is so far removed from smooth, um, but it really suited how I drew getting the, the base layers in all of that kind of stuff The you know, working on the values and everything. And I've tried a few different surfaces and I always come back to pastel mat. It's my favorite, but everybody's different. So I think paper definitely matters. Um, try a few. I always say I kissed a few frogs before I found my prints of papers, but it's really true. Some, some will just completely connect with you and you'll love it. And others you'd be like, oh, I can't possibly use that. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely. Um, Peggy, how many floral tutorials do I have available? At the moment I have, I have so I've, I've been predominantly concentrating on animals and, and I haven't been interested at all in drawing anything other than animals. And then all of a sudden, I don't know whether it's because I've developed or I don't know, but I've got really interested in other subjects as well. Florals being one of them, botanicals and humans. So I've, done, I've got one in-depth sunflower tutorial and I've got more botanicals coming in 2023, early 2023. Um, and I want to do more of those little studies and everything. The latest one that I've done, you, can, you couldn't call it botanical, but drawn a leaf, <laughs> a few other leaves on the floor. Um, but I definitely want to do more of that because I love my animals and it's always my passion. But I've got to the point now where it's like I could it sounds really big headed but it's almost like I could draw anything you know if I've got the passion for it I could draw anything I wanted to because I've got the skills I've got the um the techniques and everything so um botanicals obviously it's a, it's a little bit different I wouldn't be doing it in the the very structured way that the true botanical artist would draw but I've really enjoyed drawing, using a little bit of color and all different colors to animals Nikki, any idea why the patio razor struggles to lift colour from pastel matte paper? I'm having better results with magic tape. Nikki, I would ask what pencils you're using on the pastel matte. You can, you can put it in the Q&A again if you like. Um, and I would be asking what pressure you're using. I'd also be asking what kneadable eraser you're using. So when it comes to pastel matte, I like the hard, dry pencils. I've stopped saying oil, wax, all of that, because they're all made of the same ingredients, just in different um, quantities. So I like the hard, dry pencils. The hard, dry pencils are polychromos, and for me, Pablo's. Um, they're not sort of soft and creamy. They're, they're, they lay down, and there's, um, on pastel mats, you can move the pigment around if you use light pressure. If you use your putty eraser on a hard dry pencil like a Pablo or a Polychromos and you've used light pressure, you'll be able to pick it up really quite easily. So my, my I, I suspect you're either using a, a softer pencil like a Luminance maybe or um, Prisma and potentially using a little bit uh, heavier pressure. Um, magic tape is fantastic. And you know what? If you're having good results with magic tape, 
I'd carry on using magic tape. Everybody's different. Um, and I always say, you know, if, if it's not broke, you know, don't fix it. Um, Barb, I seem to be blending my colours too early on pastel mat. Is there a rule of thumb on how many layers to apply? So I think it depends on when you talk about blending. Um, for me, if I'm going to do a background and I've got, I want to get like a nice fuzzy soft background, I'll probably want about three or four layers before I use a cotton bud or something like that on it. If I'm drawing layers on an animal, actually you're blending uh, as soon as you put that second layer in you're, you're blending so I think it depends on what you mean by blending whether you're kind of blending with a uh with another pencil but I'd probably say second third layer I might go in with a lighter pencil just to kind of sm you know smear everything out a little bit I tend to use Pablo's in over the top of polychromos because they are really good at moving the pigment around um but I don't think there's any specific rule on how many layers I think it's um if you're not happy with the result then do something a little bit different so maybe put a few more layers in before you're using cotton bud or a or a paper stump something like that uh Brenda do I suffer with backache or worry about my back um I I suffer from really uh bad joint and backache I've got hip replacement I have really dodgy knees um I've actually invested in a very good chair um it's the I can't remember the name of it now um but it's a really really good chair and it leans right back so it's kind of supports me as I'm moving the other thing that I've got which I found has been incredibly helpful I've actually got a sheepskin that I'm sitting on so I've got a sheepskin rug that I sit on and it keeps me cool in the summer and it keeps me warm in the winter and it also makes it really really comfortable I've got a wide bottom <laughs> they don't make oh it's a Herman Miller chair that's the one that I've got um and, and they always make and they've got little bits of plastic on the sides um and of course somebody with a wide bottom their bottom kind of spills over the sides it sounds awful doesn't it but you know and um and having that sheepskin on has, has really really helped the other thing that's really helped is I get regular, uh, I go to the chiropractor regularly. Um, I was quite sort of, I, I tend to draw like that. So I tend to end up like that with my head on one side, drawing like that. And if you draw like that for any period of time, you, you seize up, especially when you get a little bit older, you end up seizing up. So I have to be careful that I get up on a regular basis. It helps having a new puppy because you kind of have to get up every 20 minutes. Um, but, but yes, if you find yourself seizing up I would set an alarm or wear an apple watch or something like that something that's going to make you stand up and move around a bit um and I also I, I've started swimming although I haven't swum for the last couple of weeks but that little bit of exercise really helps too so um yeah you, you've got to be careful you've got to get up and move um Okay, so when drawing on regular toned pastel paper, not pastel matte, do I need to lay a base layer of pale colour over the subject before mapping out the darts, especially if I want to subtract with a race? Now, this will depend on the paper that you're using, and you'll probably need to just experiment on this. So if you wanted to use the slice tool, I find on regular paper, putting down a, a layer of something that's softer, um, I guess waxier like a luminance or a prisma or something like that because it just sort of it covers that tooth up and it allows the the slice tool just to kind of slice through basically um, so to me it would it would be about experimenting and see how that works for the the specific paper you've got you might not need it you might need it 
I would say if you've got a toned paper, I probably wouldn't use the slice tool. I would probably look at uh, making sure that I've got my lighter areas isolated. Um, but I would definitely, I'd definitely experiment with that and just see how, how that works. Um, Moira, can I work with only one brand of pencils? Polychromas are more available than Karen Dash. Um, yes, of course you can. And what I'd say is, you know, if you are joining me in, in January for, for the Academy, January uh, it opens on the 3rd. So hopefully some of you will, will join me because it's, um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful community. Um, you can just swap the pencils out and we can, you know, there's always somebody on hand, me or somebody else that can help you with finding an alternative. Uh, we use Karen Hull's a fantastic, um, her conversion chart which you can um which you can buy from her website it's a really really good resource i have to say so um you know don't don't worry too much there'll be something that you can swap it out with um kathy i've been drawing animals for four years but i feel i make some of the animals older than they are i'm guessing this is going to be around your use of values kathy and really starting to understand and look deeply at how the values are working in my head I'm thinking black animal shine and what's happening is it's actually looking like they've got a little bit of gray in there rather than shine so it's about the the color that you use it's also about the difference in the light area and the dark area of your values that that kind of um the distance between the two which will make it look like white fur or it will make it look like shine and that is what might really, really help you is to trans transfer your or, or um, take the color away from your image and from your drawing. So look at them in grayscale. And that way you should be able to kind of determine where you've gone too light, in which case it's looking like white fur rather than shine. When we see shine on a black dog, we tend to see it as really bright white. And actually, it's, it's usually not. Um, it's usually quite a few uh, shades darker than what we actually think it is. So that's what I think um, is probably happening there, Kathy. Um, Tricia, do I have a manifesting person I would recommend for positivity and growth? Oh, gosh. So um, 2022 has been the most amazing year for me for putting myself into circles of people who inspire me and make me want to be a better person I absolutely and do you know what's what I found is that there are people right at the top of their game who don't necessarily talk about manifesting but they talk about all of the um the bits that go with manifesting so the, the positivity the putting yourself out there the goal setting the um putting out what you want to receive back uh, I now listen to podcasts. I don't listen to any news at all, um, which might sound like I'm sticking my head in the sand, but I, I just don't want to, I don't want any part of me filled with anything awful. Um, I, 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 saying that, I, I, um, I give to charity on a regular basis. I, I support charity and, and you know, um, if I see something coming up in Facebook, I'm, I'm always giving to charity. It's something that I really like to do. So um, Denise Duffield Thomas in Australia, she's got the most fantastic books and she's got the audio books and she reads the audio books and she's brilliant to listen to. So there's Denise Duffield Thomas. Um, James Wedmore, 
if you're looking to grow your business, look at James Wedmore. He is amazing. He's got a fantastic podcast as well called uh, Business by no he's got he's got a course called business by design and his podcast is called mind your business and it's a mixture of spirituality mind all of that kind of stuff the podcast that i am completely hooked on at the moment is the stephen bartlett podcast which is the diary of a ceo and listening to all kinds of different people is just incredibly inspiring um and those are the three that I would really really recommend there's there's all sorts of others as well but those are the three that I would really recommend there's um oh gosh what's his name I can't remember his name I'll have to write a list of them but yeah uh those those three absolutely definitely Okay, so um, Moira again, I'm a pet portrait artist, but I've only worked in oil paints. Any tips for including colour pencils in your repertoire? <laughs> I would say um, as a separate medium, if you worked on a surface like pastel mat, you you would probably work in a, in a similar way as in building your base layers up and then bringing your details in on the top. So it's not gonna feel completely alien. Obviously you've got a hard pencil rather than a relatively soft brush. That's what I found really difficult when I went the other way from colored pencils to oil. I found it really, really, really hard. I, I kind of, I, I needed that resistance uh, if you like. And that's something that you might need to kind of work on. But I, I would pick, pick a surface that will allow you to have a similar way of working to your oil paints, where you can get all of the, the um, all of those base layers down and, and bring the details um, up from there. Um, <clears throat> so Sharon, um, does want to do commissions. When do you know when your drawings are ready to sell? I've not been drawing long, but people have seen what I've done and asked me to draw for them. I said, no. Also, would you, what would be a good price to charge? Okay. So a good, a good time when you're ready to sell is when people ask you because they're seeing your work and they want it. So it's a perfect time, perfect time, Sharon. So stop saying no and say yes. <laughs> start saying no to other stuff and start saying yes to that. Um, that that's the time. Otherwise, there's no time, is there? Do we wait until we're, we're perfect? And, and we're never perfect, are we? Because we're, we're all still learning. So I would say if people are saying, yeah, then say yes. When it comes to pricing, so a little tip when it comes to pricing, a little a little trick that you can do that, that really helps. I did this in one of the Academy uh, confidence sessions. Um, when it comes to art, it's really difficult to sell art when we're, when we're first starting out because it's so personal. It's like selling our soul. <laughs> You know, it's like, what well, you're going to put a price on me? Well, I'm not worth anything. Um, and that's the problem. That is a really, really big problem when it comes, when we're first starting to sell art, is a really big problem. So what I did was, and I have got a video on this, but what I did was I looked at my peers. I looked at people who were at a similar level to me doing a, at a similar stage. So they'd done it for a similar sort of time. I looked at their prices and I looked at their development and I kind of took a, a, an average and I put myself in the middle. OK, and that's where that's where I first that's where I first started. Um, actually, to be honest, when I when I very first started selling portraits, I kind of just picked a picked a price that didn't feel scary. And that was like 40 pounds. 
what I say now is if you can just pick a price, so say 50 pounds for a portrait, which isn't isn't a lot at all. And you really shouldn't be choosing that. But when you first start out, that could be a good first step. So take that 50 pounds and think on it. Think how it makes you feel. Visualize getting 50 pounds for that portrait. Um, visualize what you will spend that money on. Will it will it give you a few more pencils? Will it buy a few sheets of paper? Um, will it give you a nice takeaway on a Friday night? Visualize what that 50 pounds is going to give you and be comfortable with that 50 pounds. You know, as long as you're confident with whatever it is that you're asking for your art, then it, people will pay whatever. You know, I, I, I still think now, goodness, actually, no, I don't think now. I think my work is worth 1500 pounds and people will pay for it. And I'm confident with that. But I've kind of done the work. Um, so get your 50 pounds, be comfortable with it. Then what I want you to do is take that 50 pounds and put a zero on it. So now it's not 50 pounds anymore. It's 500 pounds. And kind of think about what that feels like. Oh, my goodness, that that feels, you know, quite uncomfortable. Um, you know, ooh, that's a really massive step. And it is a really massive step. But kind of think about what you could do with that 500 pounds, you know, about all of the materials you can buy think about what that extra 500 pounds could do to your life every month if you were doing a commission every month and it was costing you 500 pounds and really really reflect on that and think mm, do you know actually that's a that's a really great price and what I want you to do is have that as your goal price for the next 12 months or 24 months or whatever so have in the back of your head my my work in 24 months is going to be 500 pounds and just really visualize that fantastic feeling of being able to earn that much money for your beautiful art regardless of what development you're at now because actually you set yourself a goal for 500 pounds your development is going to start increasing because your reticular activating system is going to pick on up on all sorts of things and you are going to want to develop your art then take that 500 pounds and put another zero on the end of it so that is now five thousand pounds how does that feel? How does that feel when you think, oh my goodness, if I sold a piece for £5,000, what would that do to my life? You imagine getting £5,000 a month or £10,000 a month if you do two commissions or £15,000 a month if you do three commissions. Can you imagine what that is going to make for your life, the changes that it's going to make for your life, for your family? Um, and just visualise on that you know, and visualize all of the brilliant things. Don't start, you know, self-deprecating and thinking you're not worth it or anything like that. Let's just have a little bit of fun here. Let's just think about what that is going to do for you, £5,000. And you can keep going. You can put another zero on it. You can go up to £50,000, you know. And then what I want you to do, once you've done all of that visualizing, and this is something you can do on a regular basis, just on your own, come right back to that £50. And then think about, hang on a second, 50 quid, that's not an awful lot, is it? <laughs> I've just been selling my work for 5,000 there and I'm back to 50, what? Um, and what you'll find when you do these visualising um, these visualizing exercises and you do them where it's all really positive and it's a bit of fun and it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek, tongue but you start to get these like lovely feelings coming through and it's like, oh my God, can you imagine if I was earning 5,000 pounds a month? How crazy would that be? 
what would what would that do for me and then you come back and you go 50 quid yeah no let's put it up to 100 <laughs> let's put it up to 100 I feel really comfortable with that now um and by doing that it just starts to get your mind thinking it starts to get you you feeling how it would feel if you had these um and put that with you being proud with your work with you developing your work all of that kind of stuff and you know pretty soon you're going to be at that 500 mark and you're going to be feeling confident you might then start to do pieces that are worth 5000 you know who's to say what a piece of work a piece of art's worth um if you're confident and you put you put yourself out there and you do the work who's to say you can't be selling your work for 5000 pounds um a pop other artists do it why can't you um so that's something that you can do on a regular basis and it really really works visualizing is a fantastic exercise and a brilliant tool um georgina how much time should i take a break from a drawing that's entirely up to you georgina sometimes it's really good just to walk away from something cover it up so you can't see it always cover your work up by the way not so you can't see it but so that animals toddlers <laughs> <laughs> naughty children <laughs> even the teenagers can't come and add a little bit in there um the amount of people I know where they've had a cat jumped onto their piece so every time I walk out of the room you can see my drawing board here I have a piece of glassine on mine and I always put a chair in front of it so that the dogs don't jump up and scratch it make that a habit but what I would say is um it's up to you uh how much you want to take a break from a drawing I tend to work four hours four or five hours in one go I've do get up to make a cup of tea and everything um and then I, it's probably left for 24 hours and then I come back to it um I tend to find drawing at the same time every day really helps me and also my lighting is then more consistent um Camilla how do you stick to your plan if you double yourself doubt yourself I think that means how do you stick to your plan if you doubt yourself um that is around your mindset Camilla and um being around either people who are really positive or a community that's really positive really really helps if you surround yourself with people who are also doubters and who put doubts in your head then it's then it is far more challenging if you surround yourself with brilliant people who are doing amazing things then that brushes off on you you know behavior um attitude and behavior attitude affects behavior behavior affects attitude and it goes all the way around you know when you walk into a room and everybody's really joyous and happy it kind of lifts you up and you're, you're like you know have a lovely time if you walk into a room and everybody's miserable it that affects you as well so you know making sure that you're you're really surrounded by brilliant people um uh, that's what that's what you need to do gosh there's loads of questions in here um keeping your paper on an easel i use magnets um, you can see my little magnets there. Um, Edwina, is goal setting like prioritizing what you want? Yeah, absolutely. Goal setting can be, be anything. Goal setting can be, I really want to get better at drawing fur. How do I do it? I am going to do a tutorial with such and such an artist to get better at fur. That, that's a goal. Um, I'm going to, or I want to create a commission business in 2023. How am I going to do that? I am going to do a marketing course or I am going to join a, um, you know, a mastermind or I'm going to follow people on social media who are marketers and get some tips and everything from them. So that's a goal. So the goal doesn't have to be a, like one big, huge umbrella. It can be little, little tiny things. 
Um, okay, so if one joins the academy and pays monthly, are you committed to a year's membership? No. I really want to work with people who really want to develop, and I really want to work with people who are committed. So you can leave whenever you want, basically. You can't then join again until it opens. Um, but, you know, commitment is is really key i'm not saying you have to stay for the for the for the year if you don't want to do at all um you know you might join it's not for you and that you know that happens and that's not not an issue at all what i would say is you know it's not like patreon it's not a jump in jump out jump in jump out it's it's about commitment but you can you can leave at any time um not a problem um difference between my patreon and the academy is enormous um patreon has done me really well and and it's got me teaching um kind of going back to what i was saying before the um what happens with patreon is not everybody but a lot of the time people jump in to see what it's like and then leave again so very often you'll see people joining and leaving on the same day which is great for that person but it's hideous for a creator because you see people joining and then you see them leaving and I've seen an awful lot of people with mental health issues who have given up on Patreon and um, the other thing with Patreon is the navigation is poor really poor you've just got one scrolling feed there's there's no library there's no nothing and the creator has to then create their own library and unfortunately their customer service is not not brilliant either um so if you can't get in for any reason you don't have your password I can't help with any of that if your if your payments failed I can't help with any of that it's all with Patreon so I wanted to create somewhere where I could help artists who were committed to developing their work who wanted to create um you know a business or, or up their hobby or whatever I wanted to create a space where the navigation was really good and I wanted to create somewhere where I could also have a a course as well as all of the tutorials so what you get in the academy is when you join you come in you take a quiz you take my formula for success quiz which is about five minutes after that you get a personalized report that tells you where you can uh start to um focus on i've got my um color pencil foundations course which is is 40 hours long you don't you don't have to do it you can dip in and out but it's an eight module, seven module course. And it goes through confidence and mindset. It goes through color theory. It goes through values. And then you've got a series of exclusive tutorials at the end. And it's also certificated. So if you finish the tutorials, you get a certificate. Um, alongside that, you also get the video hub with all of the tutorials in. The video hub looks amazing. Um, they're all, you know, all of the thumbnails are beautiful. They're all uh, sort of uh, similarly designed. Um, and then you get all of my live streams as well, which there's an awful lot in the, there is an awful lot in the academy. But if you're, if you're committed and you want to develop, then it's all there for you. So the live streams, we, we draw together once a week in art club. We have a confidence session once a month. We have a skills session once a month, which is brilliant. That includes the mastermind sessions where we all draw the same subject, where you all draw the same subject, and then we discuss it. We had a troubleshooting session this last Thursday 
where people just um, gave me their pictures and was like, oh, I'm having trouble with this. Can you help me with this? That was really great as well. All live on Zoom. Fantastic. Um, the other brilliant thing about the Academy is that I, I critique 100 pieces a month. So 25 pieces of work are critiqued every week and it's done on a booking um, basis, um, which is a really, really fantastic service to have. Um, and then we have just launched our first exhibition. Um, well, it's launching on the on the, the beginning of February, but we're going to have a members exhibition, a virtual exhibition, properly curated, not just sort of like whacked up into Dropbox or whatever. It's going to be like a virtual exhibition, which is amazing, where you can share your links and you can also sell your work as well. So that's really exciting. Um, with, uh, 2023 is is going to be the year of the Academy Awards as well, which is which is brilliant. Um, I do a, um, a member of the month every month where you get to kind of share and your links and everything on my social media and on my website. So it's and the community is fantastic, the most brilliant community, so helpful. Uh, everybody's kind everybody kind of chips in it's is brilliant so if you are committed and you do want to develop then it is a really great place to be um okay i'm just going to quite look through some of these and just because there's an awful lot of questions here and i just want to make sure okay so zoe's got a good one here do you have any tips on staying focused i find when i'm doing portrait my brain is bouncing around the page i find it hard concentrating on one place long enough to get the values in so I think this is a case of um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if it's not working, then change something. And it could be that the, the style that you're drawing in at the minute where you're kind of bouncing around and everything possibly isn't working brilliantly for you. What I would say, Zoe, is if you can, I know some people find it really difficult or can't, but if you can do some visualization before you start your work, sit in a quiet space, close your eyes, visualize what it feels like to be drawing. You know, meditation really, really helps, really helps because it allows you to kind of go into that, that place. But visualizing how you're going to be drawing, what you're going to be doing, what you're going to be focusing on. And um, when you kind of visualize all of those sorts of things, your brain doesn't know what's real and what's not. And it thinks that it's actually doing it. So when you do do it, it becomes easier. And I think if you find it hard to concentrate, it might be that you need to take uh, you need to draw for shorter periods of time. Uh, you know, take regular breaks, drink lots of water, but the visualization would really, really help. Um, I think I, I draw in sections because I, I, I find it really hard to kind of draw layers and then layers and then layers. I like to draw in sections and bring bits up to finish. So it look, it's exciting for me to see bits finished. Um, but visualization, I think, is a, is a really great one. Uh, OK, so Corinne. Hi, Corinne. Um, what's the best tip for someone who is established in art and a, a small following to branch out with marketing? One thing you saw incredible growth with, um, you wish you'd, you'd have done sooner. Oh, uh, um, a mailing list. I thought I was pretty good at marketing, I have to say. And, I, and I'm not bad at marketing. I've come from a business background and I'm not bad at marketing. All of my content that I put out on social media is put out because I'm excited by it. Some things are put out because it's kind of a marketing thing, but the majority of my pieces are there because I'm excited about it and I want to help people. And that has really helped with my marketing, just being me, basically. 
But the one thing that saw um, growth with me, um, mailing list, absolutely. You know, uh, getting a mailing list out there because it's yours. You, you're not going to suddenly get shut down by Facebook or Instagram or whatever. It's your mailing list. You can't you can't guarantee that everybody's going to see the mails that you sent, but it's you know you you have then in front of your audience and you're putting stuff in front of them that you know you want them to see, which is really important. Um, and then the other thing for the the growth, I think. Um, Again, I think it's just being authentic and being who you are and letting people see who you are, uh, you know, showing your face. It, uh, you know, I, I I still have times where I'm like, oh, my God, I look absolutely, you know, like this, you know, not glamorous and not beautiful and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you look like. I hardly ever wear makeup or anything like that. I've had, I've had my hair done. <laughs> but um it, it doesn't matter. Show your face. People connect with people. And um, the, the other big thing when it comes to marketing is don't sell. Use the 80-20 Pareto rule. You know, 80% you are you are giving value. Um, you know, you're, you're giving value in your posts. You With me, I'll, I'll give the colours I've used. I'll give a technique I've used. It's not about giving away your you know your hard fought techniques or anything like that is about it's about passing it forwards and 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 it's a really lovely thing and I know you do that anyway Corinne um but yeah you know don't do the hard sell which I don't think you do anyway but people who are putting a link in every post you know here's my website I'm a pet portrait artist go and go and buy a pet portrait here's a you know go buy this people aren't interested in sell selling they're not interested in being sold to at all. Um, you can reverse engineer that and you can use better content that gets people intrigued and ask questions and engage in and blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, Cindy, um, you should have received a, I don't know whether it's coming out this week or it's coming out next week, but you get a whole shopping list for you um, with all of the paper for the Academy. Pastel mat does come in different sizes. Uh, it comes in sheets and boards and pads um and i've put all of that information in that email for you so keep an eye out for that um okay let me just have a look in here um doo -doo -doo -doo. Um, okay, so we've got this one here from um, Pearl. Love your podcast, and I listened to some more than once. And one of them you were discussing edges. Oh, yes, with David Sandal. Um, lost and found. Would you discuss this more, or perhaps even have a skills club class studying this? Yes. I have recently done a dog portrait, which I was very happy with, as was the commissioner, but I think a lost found edge would have been a better solution. Absolutely, Pearl. Um, in fact, I'm talking to David again in the new year. Um, because I loved that session with him. Um, he is the most fantastic artist. If, if any, if you need to go and follow an artist today, go and follow him. He's called David Sandel, uh, S-A-N-D-E-L-L. -L. He's a colour pencil artist and an oil 
um, artist. He is phenomenal um, and a lovely man. And um, we had the most brilliant conversation about lost and found edges. Lost edges are really important, particularly when you're drawing light colored animals, well, even dark colored animals on a dark background, light colored animals on a light background, where you're where the edges just disappear into the paper, you know, like it would in, in real life without having that hard edge around them. Um, the found edges are where um, where you've got a really lovely strong shadow coming down um you know around something uh, I've, I've used a few of those i did a lovely field fall a few years ago and there's the most beautiful shadow coming down onto the neck and on the shoulder and the field fall is like a pale pinky color and the shadow is like a really dark blue and oh my goodness it is just like ooh. um and bringing things like that into your work gives it that edge it takes it to that next level and it's something that i i do an awful lot in my tutorials so i talk around in my tutorials um there's a little the little vimarana puppy we do an awful lot of the lost edges in there and i'll also and if anybody sends critiques in i'll also suggest where they could bring lost edges in um you know or found edges and stuff but yeah that was a really great conversation um da -da -da -da. Okay, so we're kind of running over a little bit here. I've got loads and loads of questions. I'm just going to find one that's um, uh, okay. So I've got I've got a couple of people here asking if I'd ever do a landscape, and at the moment the answer is no and the reason why is because I'm not really passionate I love landscapes I love looking out the window and I love looking at the I've got beautiful countryside around me uh, I um, I'm not that passionate about drawing them and I think I have to have a passion for drawing something to be able to do it basically so at the moment it's not um yeah it's not something that I want to do. Um, okay, so I've got another one here. So a few people asking about the academy again, um, how it works if they sign up. So I, I think I've kind of been been through this. You you join, you do my formula for success. You've you've got access to the whole course. You've got access to all of the live streams, and you've got access to all of the tutorials. We've got a brilliant community Facebook um, group as well, which is which is fantastic, um, and all of the customer services through me. So if you need to get in touch with me, there's a proper support email. Um, it, it, it's not man 24 seven, because obviously I need to have some sleep, but I have a brilliant um, community manager called Lucinda who helps with that as well. Uh, so, you know, if you can't get in or anything like that, we're, we're there to help you, which is which is awesome. So hopefully that's kind of covered, covered all of that. Um, do, do, do. Oh, now here's a good one. Um, do I use solvents? No. I don't I um I don't I don't feel I need to I think I can do everything without using solvents I have used solvents in the past and I've made myself incredibly poorly um I won't have zest it in my house <laughs> under pain of death I would not have zest it in my house um it made me so incredibly poorly and actually, the techniques that I use, I don't need to use things like solvents. I do backgrounds with colour pencil. Um, you know, I do fur, I do skin, uh, all of that kind of stuff. I don't need solvents. I'm not saying you can't use solvents, but it's not something that I use or teach. Um, uh, 
Right. Okay. So I'm just going to come back down here a little bit. Uh, oh, determining size of the piece. Um, like to use standard size frames. What size mats do you use? So none of my, uh, this is Sue, none of my pieces are standard sizes. They're all done uh, bespoke. So all of my mounts are bespoke, all of my framings bespoke. If you want to use standard sizes, then you can get mounts that are um a standard size uh you know and it's a good idea to kind of then cut your paper down it's all pastel mat the way pastel mat works is when you cut it down into half quarter it's not a standard size so you kind of lose bits and pieces from it and i think that's probably why i end up going with bespoke um rather than standard but um you know it's a, it's a good idea if you want to do that just to make sure that you write down all of those sizes and then um measure your your work um Nikki, will you definitely get a place in the academy? Uh, yeah, yes, there's a place for anybody who wants to join. It's open for a couple of weeks. Um, so we, we open at 12 o'clock in the afternoon on the 3rd of January. So if you sign up, you will, you will get a place. Um, so just learning, I can't get my pencils to blend. What am I doing wrong? This is uh, somebody called Wisp. I would say, look at your surface that you're drawing on look at the pencils that you're using and look at the pressure some pencils are or, or some paper is very hard to blend on due to them either being um not particularly good quality or having a little bit of texture to them or something like that so it, it makes it a little bit harder um, a lot of the time we try to put too hard a pressure down um right from the beginning which then destroys the tooth we can't then get the, the 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 layering on the top what i would suggest is wisp if you haven't already just bob onto my website bonniesnowdenacademy.com go onto the freebies bit in the menu and just download one of my free challenges the eye one if you haven't done the cat eye one do that because that shows you how to kind of blend your pencils how to layer them and then blend them and that might just give you a little bit of a um an extra push into um understanding how that works and it's completely free um you know so that would be that would be quite a good one and you know youtube as well um i've got plenty of videos up on youtube too um tina will the subject matter be animals only in my academy there are animals i have humans um so there are three humans that i've got there are art club we've done mouth and teeth we've done a couple of eyes we're doing an ear in the new year um we're gonna have some more botanicals i've got a really super cavalier king charles that we're going to be drawing in art club um end of end of january um and i've got some more human bits and pieces coming through as well so it's kind of a bit bit of everything really in there uh, for people surprisingly the people who just wanted to draw animals or a lot of the people who just wanted to draw animals and then I started to put some humans in there have really loved the humans <laughs> we've really really honestly we've got so excited about humans and skin and shadows and uh, I'm about to start a piece this afternoon which I'm really excited about um which is a which is a human um so there's a bit of a, a bit of a mix of a bit of a mix really of everything um and there's Rebecca there will I do some kittens there are cats in the academy as well um I've got some little sort of snippets of two little kittens I've got 
um gosh i've got quite a few cats actually in the academy so um yeah right so we are a quarter of an hour over uh, sorry about that um and hopefully that has given you a really a really good a really good idea of um what's going on hopefully you're going to go into 2023 with a, you know you don't have to have a set goal and have it written down or anything like that but you kind of got in your head what you want to do that exercise around the pricing is a really good one to do on a very regular basis um you know you and this is going to be recorded so you can kind of come back and 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 do that as well oh hang on a second karen she's just put please answer my question so i can decide need info about the foundation course hang on a second karen um i don't know whether i saw that one the the foundation course is um I don't know. The, the foundation course is over is over seven modules and it's um, each module is is probably about 10 minutes each. Um, and I go into mindset and confidence and I give you some ideas to, to help with mindset and confidence. I go into all of the materials that we use. So it's, there's an extended module where it's, I talk about and demo the pencils. I talk about and demo the surfaces. Um, I talk about um, colour theory. So we're going to colour theory and we look at the values. The tutorials are animals. So we have a, a module on drawing eyes. So we have a leopard eye. We have a dog eye. We're drawing on drafting film. We're drawing on hot press paper and we're drawing on pastel mat. We've got different fur types. So you've got smooth fur and you've got curly fur. Um, so oh, we've got noses, dog noses is another one that we're doing uh, that's a module and then um we've also got the big german shepherd at the end karen i can see you putting in here how to blend in all of my tutorials it's step by step so it's right from the beginning right to the end and i tell you how to do it what to do it and why i'm doing it which is the most important thing what i don't want my students to do is just become people who can just copy a tutorial i want you to totally understand why i'm doing something how i'm doing it and so that you can take that on and work on your own pieces that that is really 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 important um you know so i, I tell you the how and the why uh, when i when i'm drawing as well and i do my tutorials they're all done live so i don't draw the subject and then when i'm editing it put a little bit of voiceover in there you get everything from me you get all of my thought process um, you get me talking about colour and having a think about colour. You get all of that in the um, in the tutorials. Um, fabulous. Right. Well, thank you all ever so much for joining me this afternoon. Um, hopefully some of you are going to be joining me on the live draw. I've got one a week on Wednesday, I think on the 20th. Um, it's in the evening. We're drawing a hair's eye and then we're drawing again on New Year's Day, which I'm very excited about all via YouTube, all recorded. So if you haven't signed up, do do sign up. You can sign up in my on the website, I think. But there'll be events and everything coming through into my um, Facebook. So thank you all ever so much um, for joining me. Oh, OK, good. OK, I'm just I've just seen Kim's. <laughs> was it Kim's work? Uh, no, it was Pamela. You just said the most important thing to me that I need from an instructor. Why am I doing this? Yes, th th that is really, really important. You know, yeah, you're going to use these colours, but why are you going to use the colours? What are the colours going to do? How are they going to change what you're drawing over the top of? That to me is really important. 
Um, thank you all ever so much. Fabulous, fabulous questions. Lots of you joining me. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um, and hopefully I'll see you all very soon when we're drawing the hair's eye. All right, guys. Okay, bye. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.